Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. As always, you can email me your thoughts, questions, feedback, adoration, and praise will also be accepted. The email address, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And we will do our best to respond to each and every email that we receive. Sometimes it takes me a bit, but I do my best to respond, and I do appreciate each and every email. I will say this again. Make it count. Just make sure that it counts because, folks, this is an opportunity of a lifetime to speak <laughs> with uh, with yours truly. Kidding. Just kind of having fun here. It's good to be here. And you know, folks, I you, you look at what's happening here on the world stage. You look at what's happening overseas at uh, the Putin-Biden summit, or of course, I guess it's the Biden-Putin summit. In fact, it may be the Kamala-Putin summit. Who knows? It's the Harris-Biden administration, according to uh, to Biden himself, but... You know, you look at this stuff, and this is the kind of stuff that they wanted you to think was happening when President Trump was in office. They wanted you to think this, the stuff that's happening now is the stuff that, well, was happening under under Trump, not under President Biden. This was, again, supposed to be fixed. The, the, the stinking event couldn't even get kicked off the right way. Folks, there was a pushing match. There was a near fight. Headline here, Washington Examiner, U.S. blames Russians for shoving match at start of Biden-Putin summit. Again, this is in the WashingtonExaminer.com. Geneva, a chaotic start to President Joe Biden's meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin, left the American side irritated as the launch of talks between the heads of state were marred excuse me, was marred by abrasive Russian security and unruly journalists. Is there any other kind besides unruly journalists? <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not kidding. In the ensuing finger-pointing, the U.S. side blamed the Russians. The Russians, of course, were the ones who were pushing people and causing problems, but it was just... That stuff, unfortunately, should not have happened, a senior U.S. official said. We've got to figure out to make sure those kinds of things do not happen. The scene played out hours before the U.S. Secret Service agents pulled Biden's beast, that's, of course, the big limousine, to the front of the entryway of the 18th century villa, hosting the event at around 11.15 a.m. Eastern Time, a couple hours earlier than Expected. So there was a pushing match, a pushing match between journalists. Apparently, uh, well, again, this is the sort of chaos that only President Donald J. Trump was supposed to to usher in. Pushing match. 
pushing match on the world stage. This is his Biden's first big foreign policy, uh, you know, international travel event. This is supposed to be where normalcy and decency return. And we've got pushing. I'm not going to blame this on Biden, but I'm just saying that this is the sort of thing that's supposed to have happened under President Trump. All of these things that are not very statesmanlike, all these things that are just bubbling up beneath the surface because Trump is a danger to U.S. democracy, bubbling over to the journalists and the press pool, but that's, of course, happening instead on Joe Biden's watch, on Joe Biden's watch. But it's not just, it is not just what happened before the event. Folks, this is incredible, really, if you stop and think about it. Besides besides the pushing match, I want you to listen to this. This is how this silly press conference, the silly the silly press conference that happened after Putin and Biden met. This is how Biden kicked this thing off. This is how he started taking questions after he made his comments. He said, I just I can't believe this. I can, on the one hand, but on the other hand, I cannot. This isn't Biden. This is a soundbite, 21 seconds of Biden concluding his comments and then kicking off the portion of the presser where he would be taking questions. Here it is. It's about a mutual self-interest. I'll take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list of they, the people I'm going to call on. They gave me a so, list. So, uh, Jonathan, Associated Press. So now he's calling on journalists. Jonathan, Associated Thank Press. You, There's uh, Jonathan. U.S. intelligence has said that Russia tried to interfere in the last two presidential and elections. Of course, and that Russia they group- begin the questions about Russia and whatever else. But that part doesn't even necessarily matter for this. He, literally, they've given me a list. They've given me a list of reporters to call on. Yesterday, we pray, but we played a soundbite of a seven-second pause, and I had a listener say it's, he, he was pausing trying to figure out what was being said in his earpiece on how to answer a particular question, and that's unfortunately not far from a possible explanation to what we're dealing with here. Now he's admitting... Now he's admitting to – well, he know, we know he has a list. It's not like it's a secret thing. They've given me this list. I'm going to call the names from this list. I mean the only other thing that's missing is and, – and I got to be honest. I, I say this a little bit in jest, but I also – there's a degree of truth here. It would not surprise me – it would not surprise me to find out that these questions were pre-approved by – uh, by the Biden administration. We know that they don't like Biden answering questions. We know that Jen Psaki's even said that she does not advise Biden to answer impromptu questions. What? Is, just think about that. Even if someone said that to Trump, which maybe they did, I don't know, you know, just the way that these folks in, in PR um, are, are trained, you know, don't say this, don't say that. You know, make sure you're in control of the messaging and all this stuff and don't use Twitter. Take his phone away. That was a thing with with Trump. But maybe someone advised Trump the same thing. Don't answer their questions. But the thing is, Trump Trump wouldn't have, have 
responded that way. Trump wouldn't have taken that advice because that was not the way Donald J. Trump was going to go about his his business as president of the United States, number one. Number two, in the event that he had a list, I don't think he would have said, they gave me a list and so I'm going to call... I'm going to call on who's next on the list. That's how this thing kicked off. Folks, this is embarrassing. This is what is embarrassing on the world stage. This is, don't don't tell me, don't tell me that the rest of the world, when President, well, when Joe Biden became president was, um, was declared the winner, whatever, whatever part in time, whether they wait, you know, election night or the few days, the week after, um, whether it was with the, you know, folks waiting for the electoral college to meet or for Congress to accept the certified results or what have you, whatever point in time where the, the world said, okay, Biden is president of, of the United States. We're supposed to believe that they took a, collective sigh of relief and thought wow we're so, it's so great to see a real leader step up and someone that we can respect again that's what we're supposed to believe a guy that campaigned from his basement a guy that you know didn't make any appearances and when he did would say things like you ain't black if you don't vote for me when speaking with charlemagne the god whatever that's supposed to mean and that's how he that's how Biden I mean unfortunately thinks and and talks to people as though he's the determiner of, of in that example who's black what what in the world these are the sorts of things that they don't want the guy out there out there saying they can't even at some point they say look we can't even defend these things that's why we played a clip here recently may have been yesterday or even CNN CNN couldn't even uh, defend what's happening in the administration at this particular point. I mean, they're running out of options here, and it's just getting worse. And folks, again, I've, I've said this many times. Here we are in the sixth month. Of, we're five months in. Sixth month of the year. He started near the end of the first month. We are five months in to a four-year term. We're not even an eighth of the way through this sucker yet. And this is, again, this is what we're going to have a lot more of this, have a lot more of this. But we're supposed to believe that the world stayed, that the world leaders took a collective sigh of relief and thought America's back. I'll tell you, you know, what the world leaders might have thought is finally there's someone back in D.C. who we can uh, manipulate again. Finally, there's someone in D.C. who's not going to hold us accountable for our actions. Finally, there's someone in D.C. who we can predict and attempt to control and, you know, just do what we do to uh, get what we want out of these, out of the relationship with the United States versus President Trump, who was largely unpredictable was, you know, he demanded that our allies help carry the cost of, um, you know, their own defense, for example, or contributing to things like NATO, which is, I mean, why we've let these folks get away with this for all these years, not Biden talks about paying your fair share of taxes, whatever that is. 
I'll tell you what your fair share of, uh, of, of, of fees would be for things like NATO, for example. It's what you agreed to. And if you're a nation, and there's lots of them who agreed to certain numbers and they don't come anywhere near it, President Trump actually said you're going to be held accountable to that. We're going to move towards that. We're not going to sit here and continue to you know, effectively fund your part of the deal. We're going to hold you accountable. That's just one example. But the, the world is what didn't like that. Even our... Even our, you know, the, the friendly nations, they didn't like this. They liked, they liked the United States that they could basically, you know, when when Obama was president, he would run around and apologize for everything. They kind of liked that. That opened up the door for all sorts of things to, um, you know, be be offered, things to you know, starting of uh, any negotiation from a point of weakness. Right to say we're wrong, you know, and to not not to just stand up and say, "Look, the United States is a force for good in this world." Trump said that. Trump said that. Trump meant that. And now the opposite is true. I would maintain that the world and the world was scared. The world, the world leaders were were scared of a president Trump, not because they thought he was going to nuke. They wanted you to think that. They wanted you to think that they were afraid of of him nuking some country in the middle of the night because he. You couldn't get some sleep. He ate something that didn't agree with him or some such thing. That's what they wanted you to think. But they just didn't like their system and the way that things work to be uprooted and to be changed and for them to be held accountable. That's not the way, again, these politicians love to go. They love the photo ops. They love uh, to go to these things and, and, and talk about things and not really have to do anything, not to have any real tension, but to smile and to look like they're doing so many wonderful, great things for the security and safety and prosperity of not just their country, but the entire world. These people want to be adored and thanked and praised and have statues named after them and all these sorts of things, leave a legacy. Like we talked about yesterday, Kamala Harris doesn't want to go to the border because that's actually a real crisis that needs real leadership and requires real work and is going to require some difficult decisions and some things to, you know, tough stances to be taken and literal things done to prevent people from crossing into this country as as Trump did. And she doesn't want to do that. She would rather. And this isn't just her. This is. Most politicians in general, all radical leftists, well, with a couple of exceptions. But most politicians in general, they don't, they don't like that. They want, again, the easy cush job where they can be praised for what they do and be honored and be applauded, you know, to, to have all that stuff happening. And that's what they like about a Biden presidency. Not only that, it's also... Um, a, just a different a different mindset, a mindset that was okay with the status quo before Trump, which said, again, America is responsible to some degree for all of the problems of the world. Obama had his apology tour. Biden, of course, was part of that old Biden-Bama administration. You've got all the the allegations. Did you see, by the way, Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden and Burisma were reaching out to John Kerry's daughter to get her 
involved in Burisma uh, as well. Certainly looks like there uh, is reason, again, to uh, just th- there are certainly reasons to think that this needs, um, that there was something inappropriate going on between Biden, Hunter Biden and Burisma, and that Hunter Biden was selected to leverage his relationship with then Vice President Joe Biden. I mean, that's the way that it looks. We're supposed to believe that that's all been looked into and there's nothing there. Of course, they won't tell you why there's nothing there. What did you actually find? Well, nothing. We didn't find anything. We found something. Hunter Biden's out there saying he, uh, if given the chance to do it again, he wouldn't do it. Well, why wouldn't he do it? Well, because it caused all this havoc for his dad. Well, why did it cause the havoc for his dad? Why did it cause the havoc if there was nothing there? Maybe because you guys were hiding it, not reporting on it. Maybe because the allegations that were levied, maybe there's something to it. I'm just asking questions. I'm not making bold claims here or anything, but I mean, there's certainly, for for a fair-minded person, reason to scratch your head to have Hunter Biden, who has no information, experience, what have you, with, with Burisma, with what it was doing, but yet he's on the board. These are the sorts of things that are happening, um, that, you know, that are now possible on on the world stage again. This is this is what the world the world likes, and what it didn't like. One of the things, one of the many things it didn't like about President Trump. But this this first summit, this first international trip of Biden's, has been predictably. An unmitigated disaster, starting with a near fi- a near fight um, and pushing before the event between journalists and other folks, security, I believe, and then the way that Biden took questions—that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Putin's over there running a marathon press conference, and Biden is literally calling from on journalists based upon the list of names he was given by somebody in his staff and said, this is what I was given. I, I'm going to call on the people in, you know, who are on this list. And if you wonder if the questions were pre-screened as well, I don't think that that's necessarily, <laughs> necessarily I'm not suggesting that that actually happened. I'm just saying that's not a, I think at that point, you're that's the next thing. Well, they've got a list of people that he's going to call on. Do they also have to, uh, provide the questions before, and I think that's a, even a fair question to wonder about. We may find out at some point that happened somewhere along the way, and it's all because they're afraid of this guy. They're, they're afraid of what this guy is going to say. This is not really um, the leader of of the free world. This is this is there's a there's some stuff going on here that's just not normal or good. And it's it's embarrassing on the world stage it is. And I, I hate to say it just from a personal perspective of any person, whatever's going on there. We're not gonna play doctor here on this on this program, but it's a mess. I will say that, and that's there for all the world to see. Timeouts in order along in the segment. Sit tight, you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. And-
Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this program brought to you in part by our friends at Indiana Wooded Paradise. Indiana Wooded Paradise, located about an hour south of Indianapolis, about 30 minutes north of Bloomington, nestled in 150 wooded acres. There's hiking, fishing, bass and bluegill fishing. There's a lake house that's 11,000 plus square feet, includes a theater, a game room, a gym, woodman's bath. In fact, there's a total of six baths, full baths, indoor pool, hot tub, sauna, beautiful large deck that overlooks the lake, outdoor games, fire pits, plenty of nature, and you'll feel a world away. Indiana Paradise Retreat.com. Indiana Paradise Retreat.com is the website. Check it out. It's a great place to to get away, to, to hold uh, maybe a, a business retreat, maybe, uh, who knows, any number of events just to uh, to get in touch with, just to get away from the hustle and bustle. And it's down in this beautiful part of the state, our part of the state here, God's country as we would call it over here. Indian, uh, Indiana is is that website. So not only... Not only is Biden, again, embarrassing at the beginning of his press conference yesterday, Biden is embarrassing at the end of his press conference. He's walking away. He thinks he's given adequate answers. He's apparently run through the list of names that he's going to be, of people he's going to be calling on with, for all we know, uh, pre-approved questions by by the Biden administration. I, I joke about that, but I mean, folks, we're, again, we're not far. We're not far from that. Who knows if he's still got his little earpiece in. Who knows? I mean, there's all sorts of, <laughs> there's all sorts of little jokes and things that we can, can chuckle about. But this is the leader of the free world now. That's, I mean, that's what this guy's position ultimately means leader of the of the free world, commander-in-chief and all that. So he's walking away from the podium. Journalists are yelling questions out, as they normally do, and Biden stops. Biden stops because he doesn't like one of the questions. I believe this was yelled by a CNN um, journalist. Well, I don't know if there's any journalists at CNN. Someone that works at CNN. Someone who's part of the PR team for... Uh, the Biden administration that calls themselves a member of the media. He he stops, got his jacket over his arm, does not have his aviator shades on, so he's not in complete super cool Joe Biden mode yet. Um, but he's he doesn't like the question, so he stops, comes back, and has this exchange with the reporter. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Now, I know. 
I know that's a little bit hard to hear just because of the setup. Um, But first of all, he ended that by saying, if you don't know the answer to that, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong business. She was asking him to clarify his, his position. And that was his ultimate response. She was basically asking him, what makes you so sure? What makes you so sure? This is firing up here again. But what makes you so sure he's going to change his behavior? Because I'm not confident. I'm not confident of anything, he comes back and says, which (laughs) says a lot. He said, what I am saying is what will happen if the rest of the world community holds him accountable, basically, is what he's I think trying to say, of course, saying something will happen if the rest of the world does it seems to me to suggest you are confident. And this doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And again, I don't know how much of that. And it would be, again, just with the the environment, there wasn't, uh, he was walking away from the stage and she was yelling the question, but I think you could get, could get the gist of it. But that's how this thing ended. That's how this thing ended. It ended with a confrontation with the journalist, which, look, that definitely happened during the Trump administration. I'm not saying that that necessarily means anything. I'm just simply saying that that doesn't happen when when Democrats are in office. Not usually, and definitely not on these on these fluff trips. When these this is supposed to be, you know, we're coming through G7 and you know all this. All this stuff that's supposed to – he's supposed to be on the world stage fixing all of Trump's problems. I mean that that is the starting premise here. And now he's getting into it with journalists, people that are friendly to him, people that are on his side. But even though they're – even on the, the PR team for Joe Biden, they have to – it's so obvious some of the things that are happening. They're, they're even being forced to answer or excuse me, to ask questions that really – Biden wasn't getting, he wasn't getting them during the campaign. He wasn't out there to get them during the campaign. He wasn't, you know, in the Biden-Bama administration, they got softballs all the time. President Biden, excuse me, President Obama, how did you get to be so awesome? I mean, basically there were questions like that. That was not an uncommon sort of thing. Biden here recently was asked about what type of ice cream he had, the press ood or not. Remember all that? Ooh, was it mint chocolate chip? Or I don't even know what it was. Ah, chocolate, mint chocolate chip. <laughs> Meanwhile, can you imagine? I mean, Trump Trump didn't get any of that. And I'm not suggesting that he should. I'm just simply saying it's so dramatically different. But even the, the media, the so-called media, the so-called journalists are having to ask questions and push back because what they're being fed and what they're saying, and for all we know, some of these folks really believe Biden would roll in on a metaphorical white horse and save us from the calamity caused by Trump. At least that's their narrative, or that's their perspective, that's their worldview. And of course, it's been nothing but unmitigated disaster since since day number one. Things are demonstrably worse, from inflation to uh, illegal immigration and the border in general to what we're seeing here on the world stage, to what's happening in in Israel. Iran's already becoming emboldened. Folks, this is just a matter of months, just a matter of months. What they're trying to pass and push through Congress, 
how they're trying to cut one political party out of uh, the decision-making process altogether. They're, they're talking about packing the court, eliminating the filibuster, changing the Senate rules, passing H.R. 1, which, of course, they tell us is because they're trying to protect the integrity of elections, any piece of legislation a Republican introduces to protect against voter fraud is deemed voter suppression. On and on, this nonsense goes. It is just a, it's metaphorically on fire. And they know it, my friends. They know it. And even those that truly expected, expected something to, to radically change and for Trump, to, or excuse me, for Biden to, to come in and you know, just immediately make things better. Um, they're realizing that something isn't turning out the way that they expected or predicted that it would. And of course, we knew it's not hard to predict and it's not going to get better. I wish that I could say it would. But if they continue to pursue the ideas that they think are good, which comes from the likes of the radical left, AOC and the squad and Pelosi and all these folks, which they will. I'm not saying that in, as I'm hoping for conservative principles uh, principles to be introduced and pursued by these folks. I'm just simply saying if that's what they're going to continue to do, which it is, then it, there's no way that things will get across the board better when these ideas are implemented. Yes, individual businesses and People can have success even when leaders are doing asinine things, but overall it makes things harder. It's not, it's not good for prosperity or for liberty or for a whole host of things. Anyway, long in this segment, got to take a break. You're listening here to home of the, the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Roger. My friends, so I've I've referenced Kamala Harris here a couple of times, and I'm going to have to condense this segment because I was on such a roll in the, <laughs> on the first two segments. I'm going to have to reel it back in here. Um, but according to Red State, RedState.com, and this is uh, Governor Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, he says that Kamala hasn't even contacted him regarding the border, so Texas is going to be dealing with this alone. You would figure the borders are, call me crazy, remember that soundbite we played, yeah, I don't know, some maybe yesterday, um, recently, where Kamala was speaking with Lester Holt of whatever he's in, NBC, MSNBC, I don't know, it's all the same to me. And he asked her, if she or you know he made a comment you haven't been to the border yet and she said well i haven't been to europe either <laughs> you know how she does that oh she does she's been really slick and cool but you know hey uh vice president harris just to make sure you know this you were not named the uh borders are between the united states and europe uh, or Canada, or whatever else you might think you have been um, named borders are. You've been named borders are regarding the U.S.-Mexican border, so that's why this is that's why this is rele- uh, relevant. She hasn't even spoken with 
the governor of Texas, one of the this is a border state. In case we've got someone who uh, a radical leftist that was trained in a underperforming public school and doesn't know the geography, Texas is a border state. Biden, or excuse me, Kamala hasn't talked to the governor of the big the state with the biggest border along you know that that's shared with Mexico. You would think that's one of the first things that she would do. It seems like the only evidence I can see that that she's even done anything pertaining to the border is when she flew over the border to go to Guatemala and Mexico to pontificate about all the reasons why people are illegally coming to this country, not doing anything about it. This is this is a perfect leftist, by the way, a perfect leftist. This is what they do. They get into these. You know, they, they pontificate, they want to uh, study and become an expert. Meanwhile, metaphorically, the house is burning down. Instead of studying what was the cause of the fire while your house is in flames, the first thing you do is you put the stinking fire out. You call the fire department. If it's a, if it's a small fire, maybe you can grab a fire extinguisher. You don't sit there and pontificate and try to understand why the fire is consuming your kitchen. You put the fire out, Madam Vice President, with all due respect. And, of course, the journalists don't like this criticism of Kamala Harris. In fact, we've got a word from MSNBC that I'll get to after the break as to why those of us who criticize Kamala, what we're really what we're really doing. And you can guess what that is. I'm sure you probably know before you even consciously ask yourself the question. But we'll talk about it when we get back. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. Before I get to this crazy soundbite from MSNBC explaining why people like me or you or people who have questions about Vice President Kamala Harris and her absolutely atrocious job performance at fixing the immigration, illegal immigration crisis. It's truly a crisis. Um, I want to share, remind you that if you're interested in entering our drawing for the Justin Moore concert tickets, you need to subscribe to our email list right away because we're going to draw for those last sets of tickets um, very, very soon. ToddHuffShow.com slash subscribe. Anyone who's a – that will sign you up for our free email newsletter. Anyone who's a subscriber will be entered into the drawing. Make sure you check your email because that's the only way I have to communicate. That's my what I have would be your email address, um, and I will email you. Um, just respond right away, and we'll uh, we'll get these tickets out to you. But again, com slash subscribe. Or if you just want to go and purchase some tickets, you can do that as well, com slash Justin. That's where you can go and purchase the tickets, and um, that concert is a week from tomorrow. So here is the reason that... MSNBC and MSNBC guest here thinks that 
people like me or maybe you or people who are critical of Kamala, why we are critical. And yes, it is totally predictable. Here you go. But because she is a woman and a woman of color, the level of scrutiny that she is getting from both the left and the right is really off the charts. And, you know, it's interesting that Did you catch that, by the way, the left, the left is giving her scrutiny because she's a woman and a woman of color. So the, the left, according to this analyst, or this is this analysis is I don't even know if I want to call it that, but. Terrible, terrible analysis. Um, but she's accusing the left of being sexist and racist, is she not? Here's the rest of what she has to say. Mention the point about white men, Zerlina, because we always give them the benefit of the doubt. What? No one criticized Jared Kushner once for what not delivering peace President to the Middle Trump. East. But people really do expect Kamala Harris, our vice president, to solve the border issue overnight. Um, uh, all that being said, and this I know she's in a really tough situation. She's not even it doing was anything. Um, to hear this administration sounds so much like the last administration, especially uh-huh. on the issue of immigration, and because she is the daughter of an immigrant. But as I say in my so USA to Today piece, as a USA as Today the first black, this and first Asian, and first woman to hold the second most powerful job in the country. She can't keep anybody happy. It's not possible. Oh, my gosh. Because of her race and gender, she can't keep anybody happy. As though President Trump wasn't scrutinized. You believe this? Kamala has been tagged, if you will, as fixing the crisis. That's the specific – she's the border czar. That's what Biden has put her in charge of. She can't do anything right because she's not even making any effort. She's talking about the deep-rooted problems, pontificating with all the intellectuals and not solving. They've undone everything Trump did. The crisis was started on their watch. This is not complicated for anybody who wants to see. Quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Just to, I guess, not clarify, but just to give you some information, that soundbite was taken from an MSNBC uh, show called This Week with Joshua Johnson. He was not there. He had a fill-in host named Zerlina Maxwell. The guest was named, forgive me if I mis- I don't mean to mispronounce this, uh, Anashe Hossein. She was the one who's apparently getting, I guess, Paid by USA Today for editorials. This, I guess, passes as as analysis and commentary today. The white guy is given the benefit of the doubt. I mean, seriously, four four years of President Trump, and she still wants to say that with a straight, a straight face. This defense—you got to do better than you're criticizing her because she's. A minority female. She's getting criticized because she's not doing her job. I got to go. STGC tomorrow. 